Well, welcome, welcome. My name is Thad, and uh, I get to do the talk today. Great job, Josie, on the video. I love the video platform that we're, we're everything's an experiment, right? So we're experimenting with it, and it's going to allow that many more people to be involved in the communication of the church. So if that's anything that ever interests you, speaking, man, we have this sweet open life studio garage, and uh, it will, you know... You know, it's intimidating with all the lights and cameras and garage door openers. Okay, moving on. Uh, Romans 10. Let's dive right in because there is so much in here. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. All who believe in Jesus will be made right with God. So how many who believe in Jesus? All, right? It's kind of crazy to think that there was a time when not everyone could follow Jesus. That not everyone who wanted to grow closer to God felt that they had a right or a way to have the favor of God on their side. That you literally had to be in a lineage of Abraham, a chosen lineage of Isaac, if you would, you know, a chosen lineage to be a Jew to actually have right relationship with God. And we looked at that last week as, as Paul, the author of Romans, was trying to unpack this and, and, and say, hey, okay, no longer can you be born into right relationship with God because the law was fulfilled in Jesus coming for you, giving his life for you, raising from the grave so that now it's a choice, it's a faith decision to have eternal life, guys. And, and he's talking to his people because he's an Israelite. He's sitting here going, come on, I want you to be in heaven with me. Make a decision to follow Jesus. Don't just trust your lineage. I can't imagine having to have that conversation, but yet at the same time, I kind of want the passion Paul had for people. And that's what caught me about last week. I was down in Sumner sharing, and I was just like, his passion for his people is what I hope we carry for our family, for our neighbors, for our community, that we would just be broken. Hey, take my salvation. If I could just lead one to Christ. Man, I don't know that we think so unselfishly as that in the world we live in today. But we got to unpack that last week, and it just keeps going. I mean, he's still like, dear brothers and sisters, he's still passionately urging them to comprehend there is now a way, and God's plan is now fulfilled all can come to faith through Jesus. So we find ourselves today with a big idea that goes right along with our series. 
in title because we got our series title from Romans 10. But the big idea today is salvation is for everyone. For everyone. Let's continue in verse 5 of Romans. It says, Moses writes that the law's way of making a person right with God requires obedience to all of its commands. Right? What he, what he talked about in the previous verses about the law. It's all these commands that were given through Moses. Verse 6. But faith's way of getting right with God says, don't say in your heart who will go up to heaven to bring Christ down to earth. And don't say who will go down to the place of the dead to bring Christ back to life again. In fact, it says the message is very close at hand. It is on your lips and in your heart. And that message is the very message about faith we preach. Verse 9. Some of these are some famous, these are like most quoted verses, right? 9 and 10. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God, and it is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scripture tells us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. If our series had a theme verse, it's 13. (laughs) For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Thought one today is God's plan has been faith all along. This isn't like a, oh man, plan B. Okay, Jesus, you drew the short straw. You go to earth, right? No. This is God's plan of salvation for all mankind. What the law introduced us to was our inability to obey all the law. It introduced to us moral law. It introduced to us the need for salvation, the need for Jesus. God chose a lineage that would make our Savior evident. So yeah, okay, the line of Abraham, here's Jesus. This is the Son of God. But there were still people missing it. And Paul is pleading to them. But now he's also turning the corner and sharing with the Gentiles the Jews' misfortune. There was a remnant of the Jews still believing that their lineage was all they needed, and they were good to go. Their obedience was all they needed. Faith by entitlement. Now, scary enough, I've been a pastor in many different kinds of churches, and I have been in churches where you have a large populace of people that are living according to faith by entitlement. Well, my grandma started this church, so that's why I'm here and going to heaven. You're going, uh, the fact that your grandma laid that brick on the outside of this building is not what's going to get you to heaven. You need to follow Jesus 
believe in your heart that he rose from the dead, and you'll be saved. Like, it's that simple, but that brick is not your salvation. It's really hard to comprehend that you have to have that conversation, but you do. Help somebody have clarity in how eternal life comes about is our privilege to help them. And it's for everyone. God's not going to say, you don't qualify, you don't qualify. Everybody needs to know this good news. Interesting enough, Paul is quoting Joel in these verses. And uh, it's a verse that the Israelites, that he's trying to lead to Jesus in the room, or that are listening to this letter, he's He's quoting some familiar passages they would have memorized as kids. He's trying to bring up from their own belief system that they need to confess Jesus to help them get it. It'd be like you growing up with some sayings in your home being said over and over again. And and once somebody brings you back to that saying that is familiar to you, it'd be like the light turning on. That's his hope in quoting Joel. Because Joel says this in 2.32. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For some on Mount Zion in Jerusalem will escape just as the Lord has said. These will be among the survivors whom the Lord has called. So Paul's quoting, call on the name of the Lord and you'll be saved. He's quoting a passage they know and he's saying, Jesus is the Lord spoken of by Joel. Declare your faith in Jesus. Believe in Jesus. You'll be saved. I love that. That's how easy it is to help somebody follow Jesus. Believe, you know, declare, believe. That's it. Um, Not only will you be saved, but then you'll have this opportunity to save people. Because isn't that the challenge we're presented with here? When your heart's aligned with God, you fall in love, not only with God, but you fall in love with people. And it begins to, like, all of a sudden you... Your heart, like, is messed up when you see someone who needs Jesus or you're having a conversation with somebody and you're like, they don't have the same gift I have in my life. God, give me a window to share. We'll unpack this in a couple weeks at Open Life 101 or 201. But the reality is, We say on our very mission back there that we're people leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And what that is, is why do we say that? Well, we say that because when we as people meet Jesus, our hearts become inspired to help other people meet Jesus. And it's like our role as people, not the church's role as a church, to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We get to collectively do that. It's a beautiful journey. And so we design these things called Open Life 101 and 201 to help people understand why we do what we do or, or how to do it. And, uh, and I encourage you, if, you've, if you're a guest or if you're new or you haven't gone to an Open Life 101 yet, you can find out, like, is this the church family that's for me? Is this where I belong? Or if... Open Life 201 is brand new. I, don't think, I think we're sending out a video today or this week about that. Uh, open Life 201 is, is an environment that if you've done Open Life 101, but you're still trying to find where do I fit, where's my place where I can serve, who am I designed to reach, and, and that, that, like that, we'll unpack that and introduce some sweet tools to continually help grow you as a follower of Jesus. 
So we're pumped for that. But anyway, that said, it's our role as people to follow Jesus, but then we find ourselves loving other people whom we now can help follow Jesus. What a great responsibility for everyone. The passage continues in verse 14. How can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That's why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who's believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. Thought two is incredibly simple. We must tell people about Jesus. We must be sharers, right? We must tell people about Jesus. The gospel has no walls, no boundaries, no lineage preference. God shows no partiality. It's for everyone. And our lives must be a very clear narrative of Jesus. Have you ever thought what the story of the gospel is through you? Like, isn't that what we're trying to grow in likeness of Jesus? To where we could treat others as Jesus would treat others? To where we could love our spouse as Jesus would love our spouse? We must live in a way that tells our neighbors about Jesus. Not just shout words that share Jesus or play our Christian music louder than their whatever music. That's not the deal, right? Uh, That could be annoying, maybe. I'll apologize to all my neighbors. But anyway, they, uh, you know, we, must, we must party in a way Jesus would party. So you turn the water into wine, right? I'm just kidding. Uh, maybe. That'd be a sweet trick, though. I honestly was thinking of uh, there's like this wine event happening in Bonnie Lake that the chamber's a part of, and I'm the president of the Chamber of Commerce here, and I was like, it's called a, a sip and shuttle. So I had multiple different funny ideas playing off the water to wine thing. Like, you know, buy a vendor booth and hand out water and say, this is the best wine you're going to have all night. Let's pray about it. You know, I don't know, just something creative. Uh, or like, be the drivers. How funny would that be? Like, be the Ubers for the night and uh, just mess with them when they're in the car. Okay, moving on. That was totally not in my notes. Um, But we're God's messengers, right? We have this opportunity to be a light to people around us, to be hope bringers. And God needs your hand in that. Like he needs your feet involved of thinking, how can I share Jesus? I mean, this is, we talked about our thoughts and what we think a few weeks ago, but I'm this messed up. When I'm sitting here talking to you on Sundays and I have attention deficit something, I don't know, it's never been diagnosed. And I don't want to know. But I watch people walk their dogs out there all the time. And I jot down an idea a few weeks ago. I'm like, man, we really need like a dog bowl with water. And like, uh, come on in some Sunday. Dogs welcome or something, you know. I just think that way because I'm always thinking about how do I love that person? Do you think that when you see people? Because God should be shaping our heart for others. 
Like, how do I love people in a natural disaster? How do I love people through a rough patch in their marriage? How do I love people when they've gotten let go from their work? How do I love people when they got a bad diagnosis? God needs your hands and feet. That's what he's speaking about here. And God calls the willing. So what if, just what if we could walk through the doors today just so that we could open up our heart to God and say, okay, I'll be willing to tell in some way, shape, or form others about Jesus. Use me. Whoa. That'd be dangerous prayer time right there. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But that's my hope. That is my hope because no matter what age you are, if you pray a prayer like that, it can set your course your life on a trajectory that could be world-impacting. Because the gospel knows no boundaries. Maybe you're thinking, man, God, help me help our city. But maybe God's going to say, well, what if you're raising up and learning to serve now because I want you to help the next Open Life Campus as it launches? Or what if I'm raising you up now because I actually have a village on the other side of the earth that has yet to ever hear the name of Jesus. And I don't want you to only hear stories about across the world, but I want you to hear stories about the other side of the planet. Because this passage, Jesus said, one of his final passages, one of the final words he said was this in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. If I translated that into Bonnie Lake language, it would be, you will be my witnesses in Bonnie Lake, through all of East Pierce County, in our country, and to the ends of the earth, right? And I just so happened to get the opportunity to play a part in somebody's life I want to introduce you to that said yes to this very thing. Enjoy this video. Hey, I want to introduce you to Avery Hopkins here to my right. And uh, uh, Avery was a student in our youth ministry when we were youth pastors in Issaquah, Washington, Eastridge. And we got to spend five years watching her grow as a young student pursuing Jesus. And Uh, Fast forward many years since then, and here we are, and Avery has kind of grown as a a follower of Jesus, wrestled with your call, and discovered that this being the hands and feet that would take the gospel to the ends of the earth is something that you've been called to do. So I want to just take a moment and hear from someone who's like said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going literally to the ends of the earth. So when I was 14 years old, I remember going to a summer camp and one of our speakers there just said, hey, if you want to pray about your calling for the rest of your life, um, let's do it tonight. And so I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to ask the Lord whatever he wants me to do, whatever he calls me to do, if he would clarify it tonight, I would love that. So I remember going to the altar and just saying that to the Lord, God, whatever you want me to do with my life, I want to do that. And I want to follow you and serve you. And so 
that was the night that I felt like the Lord was really calling me to missions full time um, in Indonesia. And um, so you knew Indonesia? Yeah, I, I remember thinking like, whoa, this has to be from God because I have no idea where Indonesia is on a map. I don't know what the people look like. I don't know what the language is. And so I'm going to trust that this is from God. And so really the rest of my story is about me just trusting God because he didn't really give me anything else besides that. He didn't give me a specific job I would be doing there or even what island I would be on. And so I just remember thinking right there at the altar, I'm going to do whatever I can to involve myself in missions until the day I'm able to travel there by myself. In high school, I decided to do a missions internship at our church, so a three-year internship. And I just remember telling our pastor, whatever you want to put me in that's missions related, I'm going to do it. If we go on a short-term missions trip, I'm going to be there. If we do um, any ministry in the church, if a, if a missionary comes, I want to meet him. So that was throughout high school. Um, and then when I was 18, I took a trip to Indonesia and served with some Assemblies of God missionaries. Um, and then on into college, I got my degree in intercultural studies and was able to take another trip to Indonesia. And um, all the while, I still really didn't know where the Lord was leading me. I ended up spending a lot of time in some bigger cities in Indonesia, and I still didn't really feel like that was where the Lord wanted me to settle down. Um, but I remember him just continuing to say to me, be obedient with the small things I give you, with the small steps I'm giving you. Take those steps and I will show clarity when it's the right time. And so that's what I did. I went on those trips and I served. And um, it wasn't until just last year where I felt like the Lord really solidified where he wanted me to be specifically and what he wanted me to be doing. So I will be working on the island of Sumba, which is a very, very small, remote island. Nothing like the big city where I was. Um, and I'll be working with an organization called House of Hope. And what we do is we um, invite teens from all over the island to come and stay in our home where we teach them life skills and things that they're not able to learn in public school. Um, and then through that, they're able to go off after, call, or after high school and get a job and make money and, and support their family back home. But also what we're doing is when the students come in, um, they're finding Jesus because we're giving them the opportunity to do that every day. Um, through devotions and discipleship programs and involving them in the local church. So all of these students, all 30 of them, have given their heart to the Lord. And so, yeah, it's just this incredible thing that we get to um, be a part of with these students as they, you know, grow up through high school and then graduate. So we've been supporting Open Life, um, some missionaries and some projects in Indonesia. Um, the church you went to, ICA Surabaya, yes. was one of the first ones. And that's the same church that uh, our family went to and served for 30 days uh, four years ago. Yeah. But when we had you over a couple of weeks ago, you kind of talked about your passion to like, okay, I want to get out into these villages yeah. and unpack life in Sumba a little bit yeah. and share kind of your heart for just like, being with the people and discovering how Jesus would make sense to them in their context. Yeah. So I remember when we got off the plane, you could just sense a hopelessness on this island. Um, people will, will be born on this island and die on this island without ever leaving. And so there's really just, there's still a lot of medieval things that are going on in this, in this city and in this village. 
Um, girls are still sold into slavery at the age of 12 or as young as 12. Um, and the education system, like I said, is, is very poor. I mean, kids will come home from school and say they spent their day carrying water to their teacher's house instead of actually learning things that would help them get out of high school. So um, I think it was just interesting for me to see that, you know, there are parts of Indonesia that are so developed and there is such a great need there, but then there's still these, these people that are so far removed from that and they've never heard about Jesus and they don't even know that that's an option. And so my heart is to work with those people and to really um, spend time investing in their their day-to-day life. Instead of coming in and bringing all of my own ideas, I really want to live among those people and really change the way that I live my life to better reach those people. And so that's what we're doing day-to-day is we're going into villages and we're working with the with the, um, with the parents and seeing how we can help them in their fields. And then also we're getting to connect with those students and invite them to come to House of Hope and work with us. So how do you, as somebody who senses this call, you're the hands and the feet all yeah. of a sudden that we're reading about today. And how do you then get to the field? Like what's the, what's the process? How do you, do, do you like get a job there? Do mm-hmm. people pay for you to go or how does that unpack? Yeah, so I'm going through Assemblies of God World Missions, which means that I have to raise all of my support to go. And that support will cover all of my living costs for the whole time that I'm there. That includes visas and immunizations and plane tickets and then everything that I need there from food to housing. And so um, that's what I've been doing this last year is fundraising, going to different churches and, and people that I know personally and asking if they would partner with me. Um, that's the only way that, that missionaries like myself can go, um, is having a partnership with people here in the States. And so you have a cash budget and then a monthly budget. Yeah. So the cash budget will cover the things that I need to prepare to go. And then the monthly budget is while I'm there. So what, how much do you have to raise and how long are you there? Yeah. So I'm hoping to stay at least a year, maybe to extend for two years, um, and like monthly monthly What's yeah monthly so budget? my monthly budget is two thousand dollars a month um and then my cash budget was twelve thousand dollars a month it was so you've done that done done how's your cash budget just about done just about done what does just about mean i need about a hundred more dollars a month okay yeah so what if open life commits to you right now to give you a hundred dollars a month that would be awesome can we do that yes you witnessed it live on video. Thank you, Open Live. <laughs> <laughs> so beyond that, yeah. what, is, what does that mean? When, you're go- when will that mean you're going? Yeah, so as soon as I get fully funded, then I have to start the visa process, which can take up to three months. And then I'm ready to go. I've already started packing my suitcase. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, we're going to help Avery pack <laughs> because she said she's the hands and feet that are gonna bring good news to the ends of the earth. But we also want to uh, uh, just have the opportunity to uh, hear from you and, and more about yeah. what you're gonna be doing. So you'll be hearing more from Avery about what she's gonna be doing in Sumba. How fun is that to surprise somebody live on video in the Open Life Studio garage. Uh, that we're going to be supporting her. So little do you, it's hard to comprehend, but like you are involved in getting her 
to fulfill a call that she received when she was 14 years old at a camp I was leading. And uh, to see faith come full circle like that messes me up. And do you hear the open life DNA inside that girl? Like, and she's not here at open life, but that heart to want to be among the context of people, that passion of being present and finding out, man, I could bring a package deal and try to lead some people to Jesus, but I need to know what their deal is. That's being the hands and feet. And yeah, she's going to the other side of the earth, but you go to work tomorrow. How are you the hands and feet there? How are you the hands and feet in the life of your, your marriage, in the life of your kids, in the life of your neighborhood? Those are the things we're being challenged here to process. Why Indonesia? Why don't we pick another country? Well, I'll just say this. We look for people who carry that same heart that open life has. And when you hear it, you just know. And focus equals strength, right? Laser focus. How cool is it? We now ultimately support three works in Indonesia. The most unreached people groups are in Indonesia. Sumba is as remote as it gets on our planet today. And... Uh, when Jesus challenges us to go to the ends of the earth, I think he was thinking of Sumba. Bless you. Anyway, so, uh, you know, that just the, the reality that we have this opportunity to sow into uh, a country. And I would say this, that willingness factor of your heart, if we had enough people interested in going to Indonesia, we could just buy a plane ticket and go. And go serve this community. I was listening to a podcast. I'm way off my notes, so I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, but anyway, I was listening to a podcast this week with Bob Goff, the author of the book we give all of our guests that are back on the connect table, Love Does, right? And I was listening to him talk about, you want to know what it is to be the hands and feet of Jesus? You want to know what it is to have a global perspective of faith? <laughs> He's like, buy a ticket to somewhere else. Like, and he said Uganda. Buy a ticket to Uganda and just fly there. Get off the plane and start meeting people. It's like, wow, that's adventurous, right? Well, maybe we'd just buy a ticket to Sumba. You definitely want to know somebody in Sumba if you're buying a ticket to go there. But I'm just saying, adventurous, we could do that. Let's go. We need to have a global perspective of what Jesus is up to. Final passages, Romans 10, 18 through 21 says this. I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. Final thought today. 
we are for people. We're for people. Let me unpack that for a second. Our heart is for people, and people are not projects. Have you ever felt like someone's project? Have you ever been the recipient of being the project of somebody? Maybe it came with a knock on your door, and you were all of a sudden the project of a couple suits, right? Uh, Not picking on any particular faith streams. But just, you know, the reality is you've been a project before. People aren't meant to be projects. They're meant to be people. Acts 4.20 says we cannot stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. Telling doesn't mean you're making a project out of somebody. You're just simply sharing what Jesus is doing in your life. And we're not just in this to get people saved. That's not why Jesus was sent to this planet, is so that we could all be those who just get people saved and treat people as projects. We're just sent to be the love of God extended. We're to be as messengers, right? I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Patch Adams. It's a little dated, might be a little old, but I love me some Robin Williams. And in that Hilarious movie that I may or may not endorse because I forget all the contents of it, some of which I'm sure are inappropriate. But making my way forward in this illustration, there's this speech that he gives when he's being persecuted for doing medical procedures even though he wasn't a doctor. Could be a problem, right? But he makes a point in the end of that speech that is very powerful. And he says, you know, as doctors... You could treat the disease, and you lose or win. But if you treat the person, you win every time. Man, don't we get caught treating people's sin? Don't we get caught as followers of Jesus trying to treat the world around us in a certain prescription that maybe reflects the laws of Christianity versus just loving people? And seeing what God would do through that. I could go on with study after study that would show you loving and serving people way outweighs the productivity of trying to convert people. When we love people, we give them the clarity to see Jesus purely without motive, without weird plans. We need to stop looking at sinners as projects and look at them as human beings. We need to stop seeing a a homeless person as a homeless person and look at them as a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad. People are not projects. They're people. In fact, back to our mission, that's why we use the phrase leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Because we're not leading sinners into a growing relationship with Jesus. Because we're not labeling people. We're leading people. All people. Everyone. Everyone. I want to pray for you today. Our action point is tell people about Jesus. And sometimes that's with our life. And it's so loud you don't even need words. I'm praying that over you. Praying that you would not only be willing to tell people about Jesus in your 
daily context in your school, but I'm praying that today you would be daring and you would be willing. Wow, that's a crazy word. But maybe you would just open your life to be willing. And that willingness just maybe would lead itself down a road of adventure, maybe like Avery's, that you could never even imagine. It's worth every moment of that adventure. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can open up a passage like Romans 10 and just absolutely see your desire for everyone on this planet to be loved. And the only way that's going to come to fruition is if we would grab a hold of the message and be your messengers. You didn't call us to to go and convert people. You just simply challenged us to tell people about Jesus, give them an opportunity to believe and confess you as Lord and their life would be transformed. That's the only way to faith. And faith is the way to you. So God, I pray right now that you would inspire us. Maybe the first place people are going to start sharing about their faith is in a group and they're going to sign up for a group today and they're going to be ready to start just sharing what's going on in their world. Maybe the best way for people to, to grow and in, in telling people about Jesus is just to start to share and look for opportunities to share. Maybe we're going to be willing by allowing our hearts to start breaking for the surrounding community, looking at the needs and starting to meet them. God, wreck us. As the worship team sings, I pray that you would just speak clearly to us, that we'll flip over those connection cards and start to jot notes that we could begin to pray for as a team. God, I pray that you would just challenge us into forward motion with our faith. In your name I pray. Amen.